Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Behind the Mic Conversations of Hope. This week's episode is titled, Never Give Up. It's a theme that was instilled in today's guest by her mother. You may have heard about Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, through his books, interviews, and articles, but you probably didn't know that Truett attributed much of his success in Chick-fil-A to his wife, Jeanette. I recently had the privilege of having a conversation with Trudy Cathy White, the only daughter of Truett and Jeanette Cathy. Throughout our conversation together, you will hear stories from Trudy about how Chick-fil-A really got started, the leadership principles that propel the organization, and the secret sauce behind the success of Chick-fil-A, and hint, it has nothing to do with chicken. Really, she talks about the secret to being successful in life. We discuss the influence that we all have in life, how to leave your legacy, and living each day with purpose. Now, Trudy released a new book this spring called A Quiet Strength, The Life and Legacy of Jeanette M. Cathy, which describes not only the memoir of her mother, but also, as she puts it, shares Jeanette's often unbelievable misadventures raising three children on the Cathy farm, from beekeeping fiascos to regularly chasing a pony, a parrot, and a monkey around her living room. Wow. And I thought I had a fun childhood. Again, our conversation centers around Jeanette Kathy's theme of never give up. If you're struggling to find purpose and meaning in your life, my conversation with Trudy will encourage you not only to find your life's purpose, because we all have one, but also to live it out with passion. So sit back, take a breather from your day, and Listen to my interview with Trudy Kathy White. You'll be glad you did. Well, Trudy, welcome to the podcast, and thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Mike. It's a joy to be here with you. I'm honored to have this time to share together. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. We've got several things that we want to touch on. So your dad is S. Truett Cathy. Most people will recognize that name from Chick-fil-A. At 19 years old, you became an operator of a new Chick-fil-A restaurant in Birmingham, Alabama, and you had just graduated from Samford University at that time. Yeah, I did. Actually, uh, I tell people that was my first paid job that I got with Chick-fil-A. Actually, when my brothers and I were quite young, we got to go to my dad's restaurant and we would sing for the customers. We didn't get paid for the singing, uh, but we <laughs> have been a part of the family business from the time we've been quite young. But yeah, I was 19 years old. Uh, I had just finished my freshman year at Samford in Birmingham, Alabama, and was just in a conversation with my dad and he was looking for uh, an operator in that area for a new Chick-fil-A store we were going to be opening. And I told him, you know, Dad, I could totally run that restaurant for you if you'd like for me to do that. I thought, you know, 19 years old, I could take on the whole world. I could help my dad out. And That's it was just right. a really quick conversation, honestly, that we had. And my, da my dad allowed me to uh, open. It was a brand new restaurant. Opened it at Century Plaza Mall there in Birmingham. So I moved out of the dorm found me an apartment right next to the shopping shopping mall and <clears throat> began to open that restaurant. My dad told me that I had to turn it back into the company at the end of a year because he wanted me to finish my college degree. Uh, he also told me I couldn't call him crying when I had problems. You know, that I had to kind of follow the chain of command and uh, that I had to go through training just like all of our operators. But a great wow. thing about that years of experience of, of working 
in the restaurant was the fact that a, a young fellow came in who was attending the local college and came in and applied for a job. And while he was actually filling out his application, I knew right then that I was going to hire him because I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know his name, but I knew he was good looking. And mm. as an 18 year old, I figured, you know, why not? You know, so uh, pre qualified. There yeah. you go. So, yeah. so I hired him and he came on and worked in the, in the restaurant. And the more he was in the store, the more attracted I was to him. And I realized that, you know, I actually was kind of falling in love with this guy and, Yet I couldn't focus on that. I was very dedicated to my work and working from opening sure. to close. But then I realized I was his boss. I was making out his work schedule so he didn't have to be free on Friday nights or Saturday nights to go out with other girls. And the strategy worked. Uh, John and I have been married now for 43 years. So 43 that was years, one wow. of my big takeaways from my year there at Chick-fil-A in Birmingham was finding my lifelong partner. And adjusting the schedule to make that work. Yeah. Of course. Well, that's, that's one of the perks, right, of, of being sure. an operator. <laughs> so now you and John, 43 years of marriage, that's, that's quite uh, amazing. And you and John are co-founders of two organizations that focus on young people. Life Shape is one, and Impact 360 Institute is another. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, you know, it seems like God uses um, all experiences in our life to allow us to discover our passions uh, yeah. that we have. And out of the experiences that John and I have had through the years, we've realized we have a real passion for the next generation and how we might influence uh, and impact their lives. And so Impact 360 Institute uh, was founded about 14 years ago as an opportunity for us to invest in the lives of young people coming right out of high school before they go to college, between the ages of 18 and 20. It's a nine-month program. Um, people refer to it as a gap year program uh, mm -hmm. to come and understand um, how we can cultivate them as followers of Christ. We want to help them to go deeper in their relationship with the Lord. We want to help them to be all that God has called them to be and to be able to live out their faith uh, wherever they are in the marketplace. And we just really have a burden to help young people who are headed into college. And oftentimes you'll read all kinds of statistics that say that young people often even being raised in a Christian home that when they go to college, um, they walk away from, from their faith yeah. or they have uh, they don't have clarity about truth. And so this program is really designed to, to help them to really get focused on that and kind of get them grounded before they head to college. And we love the opportunity to invest in the next generation. So important. I mean, uh, I've got two teens myself and, you know, I, I, I pray all the time for them because it, it yeah. society has changed so much uh, from when you and I were growing up, and it's a challenge. Yeah, it really uh, is. It really is a challenge for uh, for high school kids moving on out into their in their own little worlds, mm -hmm. and so that that's a great organization, and I'm I'm so uh, I'm so excited to hear you guys are doing that. And Life Shape is the other. Yeah, and Life Shape as well as a, a nonprofit. Really, it's uh, made available for our Chick Fil A operators to have an opportunity to impact globally, uh, travel to other parts of the country to be able to share mostly about you know our leadership program that we offer at Chick Fil A. It's called Servant Leadership, and uh, just how you know that if you're going to learn to lead really well, you're going to have to learn how to serve well. And so we enjoy the opportunity just to invest and partner with other organizations in other countries that are trying to build their leadership and really understand what it means to serve and serve well. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus taught us very well that uh, being a leader is all about serving. That's and, exactly and that's right. what I love about Chick-fil-A. I'm a huge fan of Chick-fil-A. Uh, listen, the food's great. We all know that. But I'm always, I'm always so impressed 
at the level of customer service that I received. Now, I was just there last night. I had a Bible study and I ran through after Bible study uh, because it's on the way home. And I went through there. And so, you know, the COVID thing now, it's it's we're still in Ohio. We're still not dining in yet, even though some restaurants are. Um, Chick-fil-A is not. But they have a great system of, you know, you order on your mobile app and it's it's pretty much ready when you get there and it's waiting on a rack so you walk in and you grab it off your name's on there grab it off the rack and there's a table that has a nice little floral arrangement and two two baskets one with a little thing of candy and one sugar-free candy and it's like those extra little touches it's like it really is all about the customer you know sealing the bag with the sticker i don't want anybody messing with my food while it's sitting there if if it's there before i am And, and and when we are dining in people coming around with a smile on their face. Can I, can I get you a refill? Can I take your trash? I mean, I, I, I love customer service and I never am disappointed at Chick-fil-A. Um, and I have to give a shout out. September, 2018, Finley, Ohio, where I live, we got our Chick-fil-A. Yay. And uh, so huge shout out to Paul, the operator there and everybody at Chick-fil-A in Finley, Ohio. I'm just so impressive. And so, uh, it, uh, so I'm excited to dig into our conversation. Well, uh, really appreciate those kind words. Uh, one of the things that um, we've realized through the years in growing the business that biblical principles work in every area of life, Absolutely. Uh, particularly in your business decisions that you have to make. And so there are really no secrets uh, to what we're doing. We're just trying to pull from truths of God's word that help us to understand you know, these principles and put them into practice, like treating others the way they want to be treated. Um, this yeah. idea of going the second mile when you find uh, candy in a basket or stickers on your, on your bag and stuff, it's just, you know, how are we able to go over and beyond what people are expecting of us? And, and that is pulled right from, from God's word. Uh, yeah. Even Jesus himself challenged the people that, you know, when you're asked to do one thing, you know, can you go an extra mile uh, yeah. on this? And, and so that's what we really are trying to do. And, you know, shout out to your local Chick-fil-A operator because they are just unbelievable in how they're wanting to develop their team members that are working with them in the stores, how they're investing in their community and just they a are. wonderful, wonderful service that they're giving. We are so appreciative uh, to their hard work and their commitment. Yeah. Yeah, love it. And uh, I'm never disappointed. So I want to talk, though, about focus our conversation today on a new project that you have on on March 10th, 2020 this year. You released a book called Quiet Strength, the life and legacy of Jeanette M. Kathy, your mom, Mm -hmm. all the experiences you've had and everything that's happened in your life. Why do you write a book about your mother? Yeah, well, you know, Mike, as we were just talking, a lot of people know about my dad, Trick Kathy. They know he's the founder of Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. You can read a lot about him uh, online. You can get some of his books and, and know a lot about him. But very few people have ever had the privilege of knowing my mother. And there's this wonderful quote that says, everything that is seen is the result of the unseen. And all of our family recognizes the fact that had it not been for our mother, we're not sure that Chick-fil-A would be what it is today. And so it just seemed like the Lord took her home about five years ago at the age of 92. And Mm. it just seemed like it was time uh, to tell her story and help people to know uh, who she was because she was such a critical, um, she had such a critical role in our family. She was an influencer in my dad's life and our family's life. And of course, in our, in our family business, she built her life around this kind of motto that says you can with God. And it was that 
positive attitude and relationship with Jesus that really gave her the strength and the drive to do so many things and to encourage our family. So we attribute so much of Chick-fil-A today, even we were just talking about Southern hospitality. My mother was really, really great at that and implemented it in our own home as we were growing up. So a lot of things you see in Chick-fil-A are the result of a lot of things that she encouraged my dad in those areas. That's amazing. And, you know, you've heard the expression behind every, what, successful man. It sounds to me like it's very true. I can't wait to get my hands on your book and read because the more research that I've done about you and your family, I mean, it it just lends itself to, you know, it wasn't just your dad. In fact, it was yeah. your dad and, and your uncle who, who started the Chick-fil-A, which was not called Chick-fil-A. That's exactly right. Yeah, my dad was just 25 years old when he opened his first restaurant, single, and went into business and partnered with his his brother, Ben. And um, about three years later, Ben died tragically in a plane crash and so left my dad uh, holding a a loan to the bank and this little restaurant. It was just a small little diner restaurant, still open today here in Atlanta, Georgia. And so when my mom and dad got married three years later after my dad opened this restaurant in 1948, my mother's first uh, role alongside of him was to serve as a waitress uh, in that in that little restaurant. So actually, no people forget this story, the fact that my dad really ran this restaurant for almost 20 years, uh, learning how to take care of customers, how to serve good food. And Chick-fil-A didn't come along until um, much later. He didn't invent Chick-fil-A until 1964. Wow. Incredible. Lots of history there. If you know anything about Chick-fil-A at all, you probably know one thing, and that's that they're closed on Sunday. Now, I'm not a business guy, but common sense says if you're making money on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, why not stay open on Sunday? But that was very important to your family. Tell us about that. You know, it, it really was. When my dad opened his restaurant as a single fella at the age of 25 in 19. 19- 46. It was a 24-hour operation because of where the restaurant was. There were um, the Atlanta airport was about five minutes from there. The mm. Ford plant was just down the road, and so shift change was happening all yeah. throughout the night. So he decided to open it up as a 24-hour restaurant. So literally, at the end of that first week, when Sunday rolled around, my dad mm. was physically exhausted and sure. decided that he just didn't want to have to be open on Sunday. Later, he realized that was probably the best business decision uh, that he ever made. Uh, and it wasn't so much spiritual at the beginning, but as time went on, my dad realized, and my mom as well, that this was a way to really honor God, and we wanted to be consistent in that. So we've never opened any of our restaurants on Sunday. We never planned to. We do encourage people like yourself to eat twice as much on Monday since we're closed uh, on Sunday. But honestly, people can understand this better when I kind of tell them that you know we really aren't in the chicken business. Uh, the secret is we're in the pe- people business. And we care for our people very deeply. And I think people appreciate the fact that they know they can have that day off and have time with their family. I know we sure appreciated it as children growing up. We knew that Sunday was the day for sure my dad was going to be home all day long with the family. And we appreciated that. Yeah. Well, I can assure you that I do my share of making up for Sundays, although although there are so many times we leave church and we go, let's go to Chick-fil-A. And my kids will go, can't you know, and you yep. forget, but, but we deal with it and we love that you guys do that. So tell us what, how, how faith worked in your family, especially with your mom, what, what your book has to say about that. 
Yeah, in my book, A Quiet Strength, I, I share the story of my mom's life when she was um, when she was quite young. She was an only child. She was raised by a single mom, and her dad walked away on her when she was a baby in arms, so she never mm-hmm. laid her eyes on her earthly father. She never um, had him around for anything in life. But when she was about five or six years old, someone introduced her uh, to her heavenly father, Um, In God's Word, it says that if you believe and receive, you have the right to become a child of God's. And she was just amazed by the fact that she actually could have a father. He would be her heavenly father. And she would say, don't feel sorry for me because I had a perfect father, something not all of us can say about Mm -hmm. our own fathers. And that began a very personal, intimate walk with the Lord. She was a follower of Christ from the time she was a, a young girl, and she lived out her faith. The thing that I learned most from my mom was watching her how she really, it was an active trust. That's really the way I define faith is an active trust in the Lord day in and day out for the big things and even the little things. You know, it wasn't unusual at all for me to be riding in the car with my mom and she would look up out the window and she would say, oh, thank you, Father, for these beautiful clouds you put in the sky for us to enjoy today as we head downtown uh, to Atlanta. And sometimes I hadn't even looked up to notice the clouds. She reminded me of the beauty that God has created around us. Or even maybe in her house, she would say out loud, she would say, now, Father, I have no idea where I put my remote to the TV, but you know where it is and you can help me find it. And so just watching her talk freely to our Heavenly Father, to watch her trust in Him, uh, to go to Him in prayer was an amazing thing, and it really encouraged me as well. Your life as a believer in Jesus is about living that out very practically, and it sounds like that's exactly what she did. Like when we talk about God is always with us, she recognized that in in kind of the extension of, of responding back and knowing that I can have a conversation with him in the car or in the living room when I lost the remote. To, to some people, that may seem silly, but when you have a relationship with anyone, that's the kind of thing you do is you, you have a conversation. And I think of praying without ceasing. Mm-hmm. And it uh, sounds to me like that's how your mother lived her life. And certainly then, as, as she's raising children, you guys are seeing that. You're seeing it lived out 24-7. And uh, that has to make a huge impact on you. And it's not just lip service, but it's actually being lived out. Yeah, you know, we, my mother demonstrated for us what it means to have a dependency on the Lord. And it carried through sometimes my dad would come home, he would uh, be discouraged from work. We all have days that aren't such good yeah. days. And, um, yeah. and he was very open to share those with us as his children and to his wife. And mother would often be the ones to say, let's just stop and pray about this. Yeah. And just to take those problems to the Lord uh, can bring a real sense of, of comfort and peace uh, inwardly to us that, that we need is what God wants to provide for us to know that he's always there for us and he's always there you know, to help us. So I'm very thankful for a mom that lived out her faith before us as children. In fact, I often tell parents that, you know, as parents, I've raised four children. I know that sometimes we feel like, oh my goodness, I don't think they're listening to me. We mm-hmm. tell them over and over and over, <laughs> you know, we get a little frustrated and we think, oh, they're not listening. And, you know, I like to remind parents, you probably need to be a little bit more concerned about the fact that they are watching you and yeah, they will learn a lot more by the example that you put before them, probably more so than the words that you say to them. So yeah. um, having watched a, a mother live out her faith before us growing up has been tremendously helpful. It's helped me in my own personal life. It's helped me in my 
my to strengthen my marriage. It's helped me to be a better sure. mother to my own children, and even uh, now to help my grandchildren. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Now you alluded to the fact that your mom was involved, kind of behind the scenes, in the whole Chick Fil A beginning thing, and that she was a waitress. But I would love to hear in some other ways that your mother was a part of. Uh, of that behind the scenes, you you mentioned like the little things that we see in Chick Fil A today. Um, more than likely, your mother had a part in that. So I would love to hear some stories and some some things that uh, some ways that your mother was involved um, behind the guy that was doing all the work. Uh, I have a feeling that there was more there than what we might might realize. Yeah, well, you know, our whole family has often given my mother the title of the chief supporting officer in our company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and honestly, of all the roles that people play, it was the most critical role that my dad needed. And that was the fact that she gave him relentless support uh, all wow. these years, all these years, from making sure he had a clean shirt to wear to work, uh, to traveling with him, to uh, engagements and speaking engagements, to praying for him. Uh, when times were difficult and uh, when times were really, really challenging and trying to help balance this idea of using b- biblical principles to put them into our our business uh, practices. So, you know, I, I think sometimes in our culture today, we feel like that if we aren't on stage or in the spotlight or holding the microphone, that we don't have an opportunity of influence. But it's just not true. Um, yeah. Anytime that we can come along somebody and support them and encourage them uh, it really makes all the difference in the world. So my, my dad attributes so much of the success of this business uh, to a wife um, who supported him and encouraged him. Now, my mother wasn't a perfect wife. My dad wasn't a perfect uh, husband by any means. Did anybody get the wrong uh, sure. impression? Yeah. But they were very committed to one another, and yeah. they were committed to helping. And they were they were really a, a team, and they worked really well together. So um, it's just, just amazing. We all... Um, more than once have said, uh, had it not been for our mother, I'm not sure Chick-fil-A would be what it is uh, today. But my mother's um, kind of life verse, if you could call it that, really came from Philippians. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that, and, and that philosophy or that idea, that truth, really permeated every part of my mom's life and spilled over into my dad and even into the business. Sure. Yeah. So along those same lines, I would imagine, especially as as an operator at 19 years old, running the the restaurant in Birmingham, I would imagine your your father taught you a great deal about business. But I also I also believe that there were uh, principles that you learned business principles from that you learned from your mother. Is that correct? Yeah, mo- most definitely. You know, one of the things that my mother had a habit of doing. When we were growing up, as we would walk out the back door of the house, headed to school or to some kind of event, Mother often would make the remark, she would say, remember who you are and whose you are. Uh, That was really important for us to hear, particularly in our teenage years, to realize that life is not all about us, uh, that we realize that our identity is really defined by who Christ says that we are, that we are created in His image, that He loves us, and that we can be uh, His children. And it's not about who I'm related to. It's not about what I have. It's not about what I, what I do, but it's about who God is. And so my mother realized that from an early age that it was important for us to know that. And I think in a business, 
it's equally important that we understand who we are and whose we are. You know, we would define that probably around this idea of our purpose to kind of know your why, yeah, uh, right. know why you exist. And, you know, at Chick-fil-A, we, we are very purpose-driven. We know why we're in business, and we're in business to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that's entrusted to us and to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. So that is our driving purpose uh, every day. And my mother was really adamant about the fact that we we understood what that was all about and that um, we were we were focused on the purpose that God had given us for our own life. But I think another principle that's important in business that I learned from my mom is this idea of to never quit, you know, to never give up. Uh, yeah. Hard days are going to come. Challenges, yeah, you're going to be faced with them. Um, everybody's not going to like everything you're doing, you know, but never give up. But mother would continue to say, but know when to quit, which almost seems contradictory. But actually, uh, there are seasons in life where you have to realize that, you know what, I need to set this aside because right now I need to focus on this. This is a season right now that I've got to give extra focus to something. So you've got to know when to quit or when to set some things aside. You need to understand your priorities and balance those really, really well. So never give up, but know when to quit. That's great advice. I I think that uh, especially in our society today, we talk a lot about not being a quitter. And so sometimes, even as believers, sometimes we keep pushing when God's saying, you know, you're pushing up against a wall here. I don't don't want you to go any further. So I think that's great advice. And I honestly, I don't know that I've ever heard that before. But I think that, uh, you know, Ecclesiastes, I immediately think of Ecclesiastes in a time for everything. And, and, uh, you know, that's I think that's wisdom in um, if you're walking with the Lord, knowing when it's time to say, this, it's time to stop. It's time to quit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's great advice. I would love to know if there's anything about your mother that you can share with us that might surprise us, you know, some some secret that nobody else knows about or something. Just be between us. We won't tell anybody. <laughs> between us, we won't tell anybody <laughs> else. Um, I not even write it in the book, but my mother was a tremendous problem solver. Um, she had her own set of tools. Maybe people won't think that of her. Um, and she certainly could have called to get repairmen in, but we live way out in the country, south of Atlanta. Mm. And it, it actually was kind of hard to get people in those early years to, to come and fix things. And so uh, she decided if, if she had plumbing issues, she was going to figure out how to fix the plumbing, electrical problems, appliances. If they broke down, she would try to fix them herself. So she no created her own whole, whole kit of, of tools and she threatened any of us you know, to touch those tools because she wanted to make sure she had them always readily available for her to uh, fix things. I I think she was really adamant about trying to make sure that when my dad would come home from work, she knew that he would be tired and she didn't want to have him come home to a big, long honey-do list. And so she tried to just figure out how to fix things. Plus, she just, she loved learning. She was uh, Mm -hmm. really known as a lifelong learner. Some of the things that I may or may not have mentioned in my book, I, I know that I mentioned that at 65, she decided she loved to be an artist. And so she bought some canvas and oils and she became a self-taught artist. She never took any lessons, but she did some beautiful, wow. beautiful work. And then at 80, she decided she'd like to have her own computer and tried to navigate the technical world with a, with a computer. And then I think it was about the age of 90, she decided that she noticed everybody using these iPhones and hers was a, a flip phone. And she told sure. my brother, I said, you want, I want you to buy me one of those new phones everybody else has so she could learn uh, how to use that. So she was a, a lifelong learner. And the thing that we admire so much about my mom was the fact that um, she, she, you know, she just tackled just about anything. So she was a great problem solver. 
That's amazing. At, at 90 yeah. and not, not being my, my mom, I have, I have to say my mom is in her 70s. And, okay. and when the iPad were like, Mom, you really should. And the iPhone, you know, Mom, you really. And she was just she would push back. Now, I think uh-huh. that's normal. Sure, but for at 90 years of age to say, hey, give me one of them. We, yeah. we want to try that out. That's pretty amazing. And that truly is an example of a lifelong learner. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I'm a tech guy, so I especially love that. So I have to ask you, Trudy, uh, when the refrigerator breaks down, do you pull out your toolkit and tear into it? I am so not like my mother when it comes to that. You know, I am I like quick to call John and say, John, you're gonna have to fix this. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't get that from my mother. I got a lot of other traits, but that was not one of them. That's all right. I love that. That's great. I I have a couple more things that I wanna to check in with you about. And so the one the one thing I wanna touch on, if you remember back in twenty twelve. Um, I couldn't imagine anyone not liking Chick-fil-A, but there was a little bit of controversy over a couple of comments that your brother Dan made, who's the COO of Chick-fil-A. And, um, and you, I, I'm, I'm quite certain that this was not meant to create the stir that it did, but uh, comments were made about same-sex marriage and what we, we all believe in, uh, the biblical definition of marriage between one man and one woman. Um, now, your father founded a charitable organization back in 1984 called Windshape Foundation. Now, my thinking, common sense says if he created the foundation, it seems like he should be able to pick who he donates to. But after those comments were made, uh, LGBTQ community activists um, called for protests and boycotts on Chick-fil-A. I would love to know what your mother would have to say about all of that whole commotion? Well, a lot of that commotion did happen while my mother was, was still around and my mother would yeah. not say anything um, any different then than she would now mm-hmm. about challenges that we face. And, you know, usually her first go-to and say, let's just pray about this. Uh, yeah. Then we take everything to the Lord and ask Him to help us with our, our attitude and our spirit, um, with how we treat other people. Um, also, my mother would, would say that, you know, we are, we are generous people um, at heart, and we want to continue to be able to be be generous, and we want to be careful how we treat uh, everybody. We want to treat everybody with um, dignity and with respect because we yeah. believe that they deserve it. Sure. Uh, they were created by God, and and we want to, you know, honor that about their life. You know, my parents also taught me, and they especially told me this, reminded me of this when I became a Chick Fil A operator um, at nineteen. My dad reminded me now, Trudy. You're not going to be able to please everybody all the time about mm-hmm. everything. And we know that, you know, to be true. Sure. And so, um, so it's important just to keep that right perspective. And mother would encourage, um, certainly encourage us uh, in that. And, you know, another thing that because my mother, you know, she had lots of ups and downs in life, just like we all do. But mm-hmm. she approached her challenges and adversity and, and in, a, in a way that said, you know, I probably could learn something from this. And yeah. so we're always trying to learn uh, yeah. from situations that are that are difficult for us and, and asking ourselves, you know, what could we have done different? Sure. How could we do it better? Um, you know, so if we can learn from uh, from those challenges, I think that's that's really important. I think that's what my mother would say about all that. Yeah. And, you know, I tell my kids all the time, it's not so easy to, yeah. to live by, but I always tell my kids, you know, it's OK to mess up. But try to learn from all of your mistakes. Try to figure out what you could have done different or 
how could I have handled it different? Um, so I think that's I think that's great advice. Even just hearing about your mother doesn't surprise me that she was kind of the wise person behind all this and just going, hey, let's just let's learn, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. not look at what we did. I might add, though, uh, for those listening who are also big Chick-fil-A fans, if you remember correctly, uh, Governor Mike Huckabee was one that stood up and said, we're going to have a counter boycott in support of Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And uh, the number that I read online, I don't know if it's correct or not, uh, was that that controversy actually increased sales at Chick-fil-A by 12% around that time. So, Well, we're, we're grateful for our, our raving fans and the people that um, rally around us and eat with us regularly. We're just so, so grateful for them. Yeah. They're uh, they're a blessing. They 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 keep us going, of course. And the cows love to challenge them to eat more chicken every day. Uh, everywhere I go, I travel a lot for my job, and everywhere I go, I love seeing those Chick Fil A signs with the cows. <laughs> love it, love it. You have four children and fifteen grandchildren. Wow. That's right. Yeah. Was there any advice that your mother gave you as you were growing up that you have instilled in your family and your grandkids? Well, I think probably the biggest advice that or, or, or example that I, I drew from my mother was the fact that, you know, God owns everything. And that's mm-hmm. the reminder of that, that we are to steward what he's entrusted to us. So as we were raising our own four children, you know, we were trying to challenge them in that area all the time to help him realize, you know, you've been given time that you have to steward. You've been given talents, abilities and uh, and skills that you have to um, that you have to manage well. Uh, You've been given resources um, that you've got to steward, and we've all been given uh, influence as well, and we have to steward that. So we've tried really hard to help our children understand that everything comes from the Lord. You're responsible now to steward it really well. And even for our our grandchildren, such a joy, 15 grandchildren. Our oldest is 15. Mm -hmm. Our youngest is two. Uh, There's so much still uh, to teach them, but my husband and I love spending time with them. We make that a priority in our calendar each year to to have uh, some individual time with each one of them and have collective time with them. In fact, in about three or four weeks, we're going to have something called Camp Meepa. Uh, I'm Mimi and John's Papa, and we're going to have all 15 of our grandchildren together in our home for about three days, and it'll be great intentional time. We're going to have lots of fun. We'll have some good devotional time and singing together and and, um, and just playing games and uh, just investing in their lives because we feel like, you know, our influence is, is, it's really important that we're able to to maximize the influence. So being able to steward well what God has given is probably one of the greatest um, things that my parents have passed on uh, to us in terms of a principle that's powerful for the next generation. You know, um, as as I think about what you were saying, I, I also remember out of Scripture where, you know, if you want to be responsible for the big things, you have to be faithful in the small things. And um, and that's just that's a solid biblical principle that you mm-hmm. can't overlook those little things if you want to be responsible for the, the bigger. And um, you, you talked really about leaving a legacy for your, your children and your grandchildren. And I, I picked up on your website, you have a quote, very simple quote, but I love it. Uh, I'm going to print it out and put it in my office here. Uh, it says, the legacy we'll leave then is the life we're living now. Yeah, you, you know how that came about. I remember um, after my, my dad passed away six years ago, 10 months later, my mom passed away. And so yeah. they've been gone for a while now. But shortly after they passed away, you know, we were left with their home that they had lived in 
for 56 years. That's a long time wow. to live in one place. Yeah. And being the daughter of the family and the fact that I lived really close to their home, I was responsible for kind of going through and sorting through everything. And you know, those were hard times. I, I remember, sure. you know, I would I'd sit and cry for a while and sometimes I'd laugh because of the things that I would find. But it, at the end of the day, after going through all of that, I realized that the thing that they left of most value to us was their legacy. And I realized that their legacy were simply the decisions that they were making on a day-to-day basis. So the yeah. legacy that we leave is actually the legacy we're living right now. The, the decisions that we're making right now are what impacts you know, our legacy. So we have to be very, very careful about the decisions that we make. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's important that we think about, you know, what does that look like right now for, for me and my life, for those who are listening? What does it look like for you? What really matters to you? I think that's a great way to start this journey of understanding your own legacy. What really matters to you? And, you know, what drives uh, the decisions that you make from those values? And do other people see those same values uh, in your own life? And this will be so important as you try to define your own legacy and realize that, you know, you you can own your legacy right now and you can determine what it'll be because of the way you're living. Yeah, we tend to think of our legacy as being some big thing that we've done in our lives, (laughs) you know, and that's why I love this quote is because it's the day to day. We have a tendency as as humans, uh, we can see you know, 50 great things of somebody and one bad thing. That's the thing we remember. So we're up against that just as human nature goes. But it's the things like having your 15 grandchildren over and hanging out and just pouring into them. Those are the things that they're going to remember and cherish uh, all their, through their lives. And it's it's really about living each day. Um, I like to think that, you know, as as believers, we know that God walks beside us and he leads us and he directs us. And I like to I like to remember the fact that he is with me at all mm-hmm. times and if I can focus on him and follow him the way that he wants me to I'm automatically leaving that legacy uh, for my kids and for my grandkids. Yeah, and you know, you know, it's not about a, a, a perfect life because we're not going to be able to live no, perfect lives. But, but you know, when we when we make mistakes or we make not so good decisions, we learn from those and and move forward. And you know, something even with my parents, I remember, you know, they were great to say, "Hey, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have talked to you that way," or "Hey, yeah. I shouldn't have, have done this particular thing." So, really teaching children the reality of you know making choices in life and and learning from mistakes you know, that happen is super, super important. Absolutely. Well, Trudy, I want to, uh, I want to just remind um, or, or tell our listeners where they can connect with you online. Uh, they definitely need to check out your website. You've got some great information there. I love that. Where can they connect with you online? Yeah, the website is trudycathywhite.com, and uh, you certainly can go if you're interested in the book, your local bookstores, Amazon, you can order, of course, and uh, yeah. Quiet Street Books. Dot com uh, is a great place to go to to find uh, the book. So I would love for people to get get a hold of the book. And let me just let me just say that um, we all have adversity in life, and if you're looking for a way to navigate uh, that adversity and be able to live a flourishing life, you're going to find the answers uh, right in this book because there's power. There really is power in a quiet street for sure. Mm, that's great. And that's really the, kind of the purpose behind my podcast is just to encourage people, meet people where they're at and, and just remind people that we're all in this together. We all deal with the same temptations. We all deal with the same sins. 
but God has come to give us life and and uh, grace. Trudy, is there anything that you want to share? We have listeners that uh, are, I'm sure, listening today who are not believers that, that that just ran across the fact that the Chick-fil-A lady is on and, and, and they wanted to hear from you. Is there anything that you want to share with those who are believers or unbelievers as we close here? Yeah, I would say for those who are followers of Christ, let me just encourage you to uh, let your light shine bright, uh, particularly mm. in this um, season that, that we're in, for sure. And as I was writing this book, I came across a verse in Isaiah that says, In quietness and trust shall be your strength. And so I want to encourage those of us who are believers to realize that being quiet uh, before the Lord and trusting Him is where your strength will come from. And if you haven't yet, maybe you're just exploring that opportunity to understand who is Jesus and 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 know about Him. You know, let me just encourage you that He created you and He loves you deeply. Uh, he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And the Bible makes it very clear that if you will believe and receive, He has an offer to you that is. Um, unexplainable. It is the gift of eternal life and the opportunity to live life in an abundant way, filled with peace and love and joy. That doesn't mean all your circumstances that are challenges, you know, are going to go by the wayside. Not at all. But He will be with you as you navigate uh, those times. And we all need the comfort of His presence, uh, particular now, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Trudy, I, I'm excited to pick up uh, a copy of A Quiet Strength and uh, read through that. Can't wait to get my hands on it. We'll probably get two of them so my wife can read too. But I, I'm so grateful for you joining us today. And uh, we will make sure that all of the links to your website and to your book and all those things are in our show notes. So please stop by the show notes and, and read through those. Click on those uh, so you don't even have to look anything up. It'll be right there. And uh, Trudy, thanks again for joining us. We so appreciate your time, and we wish you and all of your family the very best. Thank you so much. What an honor to be with you today. And thank you for your influence as well uh, through your audience and the difference that you're making uh, through this ministry. Thank you so very, very much. Thank you. That was such a fun interview with Trudy, and I hope you were inspired as I was to never give up. Since our interview, I've purchased Trudy's book, A Quiet Strength, The Life and Legacy of Jeanette M. Cathy, and I have to tell you, I'm glad I did. It is both fun and inspiring, and I encourage you to order your copy today. Now, neither me or the show gets paid to endorse Trudy's book. I just genuinely think everyone should get a copy. It's that good. As I mentioned, all of the things we referenced in the show today are available in this episode's show notes, including links to Trudy's website, a link to order Trudy's book, and of course, a link to Chick-fil-A where, listen, here's some secret. You can download the Chick-fil-A One app and start earning points on your purchases to earn free Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I do that all the time, so make sure you download that. Well, next week, I'll be sharing my conversation with Pastor Joe West. He's probably most widely known as the father of contemporary Christian music artist Matthew West. If you have Matthew's new album, Brand New, Joe was the voice behind the prayer on the song Looking Up, which we'll talk about. From his dad jokes to his active involvement with Matthew's career, Joe will share some of the great inside information on next week's show. So be sure to subscribe right now to Behind the Mic, Conversations of Hope, and be the first to know when each episode is released. Hey, thanks for joining us again this week. And remember, if your life is grounded in Jesus, even in the darkest times, 
there is hope.